ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. This would be Jason Day's first win in five years and arguably the most emotional victory of his career. Imagine you are the best in the world at whatever it is that you do. Life is good. Then it all evaporates through a mix of poor form and injury. Your professional life spirals. Forget about being the best. You start to wonder if you can do your job at all. In your personal life, you watch on as your biggest supporter, your mum, passes away. That was the reality for Australian golfer Jason Day, and it meant he has had some dark moments in recent years. This week on Mother's Day, he reignited his career with his first victory in five years. It comes right on the edge of the second major for 2023, the US PGA. How did he find the strength to navigate these difficult times? And can the Queenslander keep his form rolling at a time of division in the sport? Is this the palate cleanse Australian golf needed? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Evan Priest is a reporter for Golf Digest and he's based in the United States. Evan, Jason has already enjoyed some highs in his career. A former world number one who has won a major, why has the 35-year-old struggled in recent years? The talent never left his his body, but just mentally, he really struggled for confidence. The, The short answer, digestible answer to your question is the putter. The putter went really cold and it was the absolute bread and butter of his game in his oh, heyday. I didn't make up. How about this? It's got to How go. about draining it? It's got to go. Yes! Oh. <laughs> he knew it. He just lost confidence that he was you know, able to start the ball on the line, on the greens that he wanted to. He wasn't reading putts correctly. And, you know, putting is one of those things that's just so fleeting. It's kind of like water slipping through your hands. And when Jason was the best putter in the world, he never imagined himself even, you know, struggling on the greens. But as soon as you do struggle, as it is the way in golf, you know, you sort of can't see the light at the end of the tunnel for some of these pros. He, he started focusing on the golf swing and, and that ne- not necessarily was the issue. It was more of the putter, but at the same time, uh, he was sort of engineering a golf swing that was going to take him through to his 40s. You know, for the longest time, I said, I'll get to 40 and I'll think about retiring. I've enjoyed the journey with Chris and my team so much that I feel like I can play to 50 now, which is great. And I just, it'd be nice to get another good 10 to 15 years out of my career and actually see what this second half of my career could unfold. He's worked with a guy called Chris Como, who actually worked with Tiger Woods. You could tell that he knew a lot about the game and knew knew it on a deeper level, but it was just something about him that drew me to him in regards to I just knew that when I talked to him about the golf swing that he's very switched on and that's kind of why I reached out he was the only guy I reached out to done some fantastic work with Jason got got his swing sort of for the layman out there the, the simple way of describing it is he, he used to have a swing that was very powerful but impactful on the body and he, he used to hit the ball from right to left which is called a drawing golf and now he sort of has a swing that's more rotational and gentler on the body and produces a left to right fade. Back in 2015 and 2016, my swing wasn't as technically sound as it is now, but I kind of knew my tendencies and I didn't really have a lot of swing thoughts. I just kind of aimed a little right, hit these pull draws. I just kind of knew exactly where it was going. So I'm trying to gain a little bit more control in my swing. Getting the confidence to execute that swing under the gun has taken Jason a few years. He's shown a couple of little glimpses of 
results, you know, the odd third place on the PGA Tour here and there, but it's finally come together the last six months. He's put together a really hot run of golf, particularly this year. He had five top tens even before winning in Texas last week. And it's a really, really nice full circle moment, to be really honest with you. It was his first win on the PGA Tour, was the Byron Nelson Championship back in 2010. And now it's sort of that, that drought-breaking victory. And then a lot of people are sort of glad to see Jason Day back in the winner's circle. He's spoken about being close to sort of throwing it in at times. I understand he's had physical struggles as well. Has he had some real issues with injury in recent times? The, the injury sort of took him through to, let's say, 2000. And right before the pandemic, he was, you know, just, just on and off with the back. It was, it's always been the back for Jason Day. And a lot of people, a lot of experts and pundits out there put it down to the, the golf swing that he used to have where he would sort of shift laterally off the ball and you know I won't go into the techniques of it because I'm not a <laughs> coach myself it just sort of forced him to make a lot of compensations which which hurt his lower back through the years and we saw him withdraw from some tournaments you know on the PGA Tour and finally when he went to this coach Chris Como this coach and him were uh, able to engineer a golf swing that was really more gentler on his back you know I'm thinking about making sure that I have good hip turn on the way back, that the right elbow flares out, you know, enough on the on top of the swing. I have a, sh- a, a little bit of a squat going into transition. The right arm goes down the right side of my body. I rotate, get my hands low, make sure that I bow my left wrist and get my right hand on top. It's really been the last couple of years that he started playing pain-free and he talked about it in baby steps in terms of, you know, making cuts and then playing golf for four days pain-free and then finally contending. And, and, and he sort of all the hard work has paid off. And, um, you know, the back injuries, they haven't really flared up recently. So it, it all looks like a big success for Jason Day. It hasn't just been on the course where he faced adversity. What can you tell us about why his mum has been so important to his life and how deeply impacted he was by her death? His mother, Denning, was, was I, I had the pleasure of meeting her a fair few times. She's a beautiful lady and really kind soul. And she was integral, as you mentioned, to, to his upbringing and, and his success. And he probably wouldn't be a professional golfer if it wasn't for her nurture and her care. They lost their father to stomach cancer at the, when Jason was only 12 years of age. And he kind of went off the, off the beaten track a little bit there and got into some trouble and admitted to you know drinking a lot of alcohol at a young age and sort of lost his way. But... Um, she saved up the money. She remortgaged their house out there in Bow Desert in Queensland and put him into um, like an elite sporting school out there in Queensland. And that's where he met his former coach, Colin Swatton, and former caddy. And, and, and the two of them sort of did some really amazing work through his teenage years, got him to America. And we saw the successes of all that pay off. When she passed away of, of lung cancer last year, it, it was really tragic. I'll, I'll never forget the moment. I, I spent a lot of the pandemic back in Australia for work reasons. And then I went back to America and, and my first tournament back was the Arnold Palmer Invitational last year. And uh, I remember seeing Jason asking how his mum was and he was he got a little bit emotional and said she's not doing too good. And lo and behold, a day later, he withdrew from that tournament, flew back to Ohio where he lives and she passed away only a matter of days later. And, you know, yesterday when, when, when Jason won on the PGA Tour, that was actually Mother's Day. To have my mum's name on, on my caddy, caddy bib, it's, it's a very, very special win that I'll remember for a very long time. Just to know that you know, myself and my mum you know, what she went through to experience what she went through and then to have her name on my caddy bib to, to remember that, that's that's special. For him to win on Mother's Day in only the second Mother's Day without Denning was really bittersweet for him, you know, really heartbreaking. But at the same time, he sort of, I, I'd imagine he would have seen her looking down on him and it was a really sort of nice Cinderella story, if you will. 
A lovely moment. I sometimes wonder if day has always been properly appreciated in Australian golf circles. That can be sort of an undercurrent of when you speak to people in the industry here. Why is that pervading sentiment at times that he isn't appreciated fully in Australian golf circles? Yeah, I I guess that's because he hasn't come home to Australia as often as the fans would have liked him to. And And there's a number of reasons for that. Some are justified, some are unrealistic expectations that, that, that Australia's golfers come down and, and play in Australia over sort of what is really the Thanksgiving holiday back in the US. So it, it's always been sort of tough for him. Uh, for whatever reason, he, he has not come down as often as he should have. And for that reason, the, the fans have not been able to see his talent up close. They've really only ever seen it on, you know, on, on, on the golf broadcast here here in Australia. And, and for that, it doesn't just allow them to develop that rapport with him and that love and appreciation and... But you know, it sort of doesn't disguise the fact that he's one of the most scintillating, talented and really captivating golf stories that we've had in, in decades. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Oh! Jason Day tied for the lead. He's a rags to riches story. He's, a, he's an everyman. He's, he's moved his best childhood mates from Australia over to Ohio where he lives. And he's got one of the greatest short games of the last 30 to 40 years. And... It's just a shame that fans haven't been able to see that at the Australian Open, at the Australian PGA Championship, maybe as often as they would have liked. But at the same time, he's sort of over there flying the flag and he was world number one for a year straight and sort of really putting Australian golf back on the map in addition to the likes of Adam Scott and Jeff Ogilvie and those sort of guys. But if he came down more often, it would have been, it would have been really cool for those fans to see him up close and personal because it is phenomenal to watch Jason Day when he's in full flight. The day renaissance is something of a palate cleanse for Aussie golf. Wherever you stand on Greg Norman, Cam Smith, any of those Australians involved with Liv, I think the advent of the Rebel League at least forces the average sports fan to make some mental calculations about their engagement with that league. Is Jason Day the overwhelming, wholly positive story that Australian golf needs right now? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Australian golf needs a positive story right now, given the fact that the, the game's sort of never been healthier in, in Australia. Participation's up, even though there's a little, you know, a little bit of a division in terms of the Australian golf governing bodies have aligned themselves with the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour, and that's producing some amazing pathways that we've seen. A young guy called David Micheluzzi is playing this week in the PGA Championship basically because he won the Australian Order of Merit. But at the same time, on the other token, you know, live golfers sort of come down and given Australia a truly world-class golf tournament and, and sporting event for that matter only a few weeks ago there in Adelaide. So it, it's really kind of like a double-sided coin at the moment where the, the, there's no real negatives on either side. But to answer your question, if you're a fan of the PGA Tour and, and you don't like live golf, then Jason Day is a beautiful story. But at the same time, it's a beautiful story no matter what. It's an Aussie who's over there, you know, kicking ass on the PGA Tour on the world stage, lost his game got down to world number 175 and was really struggling as really dug it out of the dirt and worked his way back into the winner's circle. Knowing that all the hard work that I, I put into my swing, you know, that stuff is paying off and I'm seeing a lot of dividends from the hard work, which is nice. It's just a, a nice story overall and it's really good to see an Aussie like that sort of, you know, dominating on the world stage. And his return to form is right in time for the second major of the year. It takes place this week, the US PGA. Is Day Australia's best chance of success at that event? You would have to say so. I mean, there's an argument to be made for Cameron Smith. has really started to round into form on the, on the live tour there. He just lost in the playoff to Dustin Johnson, and he's playing some really good golf. So he's our highest-ranked player. Is he the most in form? I'm not sure. It's, it's a toss-up between maybe him, Adam Scott, and Jason Day. But 
the, the fact of the matter is you've got Adam Scott playing well. He's had a couple of really good results on the PGA Tour recently. He's really driving the ball beautifully. Jason Day is obviously coming in as the most recent winner on the PGA Tour. And then Cameron Smith, the reigning British Open champion and world number eight. So three really good, you know, top level chances. But at the same time, you look at guys like Lucas Herbert. He hits the ball a mile. He's just one of the the best players to come out of Victoria in, in, in a little while. And there's a, a seven strong contingent of Aussies at the PGA Championship. But you'd, yeah, you'd probably have to say Jason Day is our best chance. I'm able to get back into the winner's circle, which is great. But, you know, we're, we're heading to a big week uh, next week at the PGA. So it's nice to be able to know that the, the game is kind of where it needs to be. He's a, he's a winner of the event. That was his first and only major to date. He won the PGA Championship in 2015. And I believe the last time that the PGA Championship went to this golf course that's hosting the event this week in upstate New York, Jason Day was actually in the top 10. So, yeah, all signs point to Jason, um, you know, playing really well this week. Fingers crossed he can make it two majors. Thanks so much for your time, Evan. We appreciate it. Patrick, thanks for that. Headlines. St. George Illawarra has finally cut ties with coach Anthony Griffin. This is the story that has seemingly been bubbling away for months and months, feels like years, and it's finally happened. Assistant Ryan Carr will take over in the short term. They next play the Roosters. Who's the assistant there? Jason Riles. He's also the favourite to take over the Dragons' coaching position. St. George Illawarra, of course, the same team that he played eight seasons with. Real NRL circle of life stuff. Also in Rugby League, 2025 World Cup hosts France have surrendered hosting rights. The organisers said they could not meet the financial guarantees required by the French government. So who might host the event at short-ish notice? England had the last one, while Australia and New Zealand co-hosted the one before that. You'd think it'll be a big chance to happen down under. Rugby Australia and the AFL are both yet to take an official position on the Indigenous voice to Parliament. In rugby, the Brumbies have announced they won't take a stance either way, and they've encouraged RA to stay out of it. The AFL Commission is meeting this week and is expected to make a call on the matter in Clubland. Richmond has joined Collingwood and West Coast in supporting the yes vote. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. If you enjoyed this, I am betting you will definitely like our recent interview with Ellie Carpenter. She's the star 22-year-old Matilda who did her knee a year ago and has staged an incredible comeback to get ready for the Women's World Cup. Here's the thing. She says the injury was the best thing that ever happened to her. Why is that? Well, you're going to need to listen to the podcast for that part. The good news is the link is in the show notes. Thanks to Fox Sports and the PGA for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.